0: Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. All right, welcome to Liquid everybody. I am Pastor Tim and thrilled that you're here for our new fall series, Firepower 40 Days with the Holy Spirit and we need to give a special welcome to our other campuses, those joining us in New Brunswick, Nutley, and Mountainside, would you put your hands together? We're glad that you guys are here. Thrilled that you are part of this journey. We are, if you're new to Liquid, we are one church. We meet in multiple locations, and I'm excited for this uh, journey that our entire church is going to take together. For the next 40 days, we're going to be learning about and experiencing more of the Holy Spirit, who I do believe is the most misunderstood member of the Trinity. Uh, for those of you, if you came from a charismatic or like a Pentecostal background, I already saw you in the lobby. You're like, ooh, I can't wait. we all get some Holy Ghost power up in here. You know, you're like ready. But if you came from a more conservative background like I did, you may feel a bit more cautious. Like, oh boy, here we go. I hope this isn't going to get weird. Like, you know, Pastor Tim, I was with you up till now, but here's where the liquid bus turns left and goes off the cliff. You know, people rolling around, barking like dogs and, uh, you know. Holy Ghost, you know, it's going to be spooky kind of thing. Uh, No, as I said, uh, the Holy Spirit is the most misunderstood member of the Trinity. And if you're new to Christianity, the Trinity simply means three in one. So we worship a God who exists in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So that really means we're just simply getting to know the Spirit of God so you don't have to be afraid. In fact, we're going to appeal directly to God's Word, the Bible, to set the record straight about Who the Holy Spirit is, what is his role in our lives, and then the life of our church. Because I believe there has been a silent divorce in the church between the Word and the Spirit. And wherever there's a divorce, you know how that works. Some children stay with the father. Some children might stay with the mother. And the reality is, in the church, there's been this divorce. Christians on the word side of the divorce typically come from more conservative evangelical churches like I did. I grew up in an evangelical Bible church that really emphasized, you know, in-depth Bible study, expository preaching, sound theology, rock-solid doctrine. In fact, my grandparents might have said, well, it's until we get back to the teaching and proclamation of the Word of God, The honor of God's name will not be restored. Now, what's wrong with that emphasis? Nothing. It's exactly right, in my opinion. Now, watch. Then I met my wife, Colleen, who grew up in a charismatic church that emphasized the Spirit. The first time I visited, there were tambourines being shaken. There were people laying hands on others. The worship went on forever, you know? And uh, those on the spirit side will say, no, 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 you know what the church needs? We have to get back to the book of Acts. There need to be signs and wonders. Until we have prayer meetings where people are shaken and people get out of wheelchairs, the honor of God's name will not be restored. Now, what's wrong with that emphasis? Answer, nothing. It's exactly right in my opinion. Have you ever had the joy of seeing a woman get up out of a wheelchair in Jesus' name and walk? I have. It's beautiful. The problem is neither side will learn from the other. We just dig in our heels and lob bombs at the other side that we're ignorant about. But at Liquid, we want the best of both worlds together because I believe that the two can come together. A church that boldly proclaims the word of God without apology but functions in the anointing and unction of the Holy Spirit, I believe what R.T. Kendall said may come true. The spontaneous combination may result in the greatest revival since Pentecost, resulting in firepower. Amen? That's the vision we have as a church, to be the best of both worlds, of a church of the Word and Spirit. And so that's what we're pursuing for 40 days this fall. Each week we're going to have anointed preaching from God's Word, followed by extended worship, with ministry time to actually pray for, receive prayer for others and be filled with firepower. Now, here's what I need you to know. This is not a Sunday only experience. We have created several resources to empower you Monday through Friday. In your program today, you should have received a card that looks like this. Can you pull that out? If you don't have one, just raise your hand and our greeting team will be happy to bring one down. Go ahead, ushers. If you raise your hand, we'll make sure you get one. Pull that out. And if you see on the front, there's room for you to put your name and your email and your cell phone number. And if you do that, here's what I'm gonna send you starting tomorrow morning. For the next 40 days, I'm gonna send you a daily devotional in your inbox by 6 a.m. waiting for you with a scripture about the Holy Spirit, a brief reflection, a prayer to start your day. And then secondly, we're going to text you a Holy Spirit scriptural verse around lunchtime every day. A a, a passage from the Bible that focuses on the Holy Spirit. Because if you're like me, I spend time, you know, in the morning with the Lord. I feel very close to Him. But by lunch, it's gone. Especially if I'm hungry, you know. Then I start getting hangry, you know, and acting very unspirit-like. So we're going to text you a verse to refocus your heart on the Holy Spirit around noontime each day. So if you'd like to receive that 40-day devotional and text, just check that box. If you'd like information on joining a life group this fall, it's perfect time to join one. Our life groups right now will be going through study guides that correspond with the series. And it's a great way to meet with others Open the Bible, pray for others, and we have groups all over New Jersey. Every age and stage, just check that box. So we're resourcing you for the next 40 days, and all you have to do is drop this card in the popcorn bucket when it comes around at the end of the service, and I will text you tomorrow. All right, let's uh, dive in. I want to start with prayer. Would you bow your heads, all our campuses? We just want to invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we know you're already here. (laughs) Would you now awaken us with the Word of God? We love you, and we worship you in spirit and in truth. Would you make much of Jesus? We want to see our Savior high and lifted up today. Would you quicken our spirit as a church? God, I'm aware right now that there are people uh, who came today. They were drawn to come to this church, but they may feel dull in their faith or distant from you. Would you just draw them close? Speak directly out of your word to them. And Father, most of all, would you now just fall on me? <laughs> Father, I've studied, but I need, you need to fill me afresh so I can proclaim your word boldly, not with wise or persuasive words, but a demonstration of the Spirit's power. We are praying in the name of the Father, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said together? Amen. All right. Well, I want to begin today by answering the question, who is the Holy Spirit, by turning to Acts chapter 2, which you can turn to in your Bible or flip in your phone. This describes the Birth of the church under the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. And we included a page of notes in your program today. If you're a nerd like me, you like to fill in blanks. We've got some blanks for you to fill in. But as you find Acts chapter 2, there are really three things I want you to know about the Holy Spirit before we begin. And the first is this. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not an it. He's a he. It's, a lot of people think the Holy Spirit is like you know some impersonal force, like this wave of energy, like use the force, Luke. That is not the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is a person. We call him he, the third member of the Trinity. And did you know this? Just like you get your feelings hurt, did you know that? The Holy Spirit has feelings, as any person does. Scripture says the Holy Spirit can be grieved. In other words, if you're here this morning and you're bitter or you're angry or you're harboring unforgiveness towards someone in your life, you actually grieve the Spirit. You hurt his feelings. Scripture says you can quench the Spirit. The Spirit, like a person, will talk to you. He will tell you things, certain things to do. I want you to say this to that person. I want you, don't hit send on that email. He'll tell you things, and you can say, you know what? I'm going to do my own thing, and you actually quench the Spirit. So understand, when we talk about the Spirit, He's a person. We're going to worship the Spirit. We're going to sing to the Spirit. Don't worry, Jesus doesn't get jealous. Okay, because all the members of the Trinity are equal. You can worship the Son, and the Father's like, that's awesome. Or you can worship the Holy Spirit, and Jesus says, that's great, because I sent him. So we want you to get to know the Spirit on a personal level. And secondly, understand that the Holy Spirit is a promise from your Father in heaven. The Holy Spirit is your birthright as a child of God. In Acts 1, after he was resurrected, Jesus was eating with his disciples, and he gave them this command. He said, do not leave Jerusalem. But wait for the gift that my Father, what's the word there? Promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So understand the Holy Spirit is a promise from your father to you as his child. So he is your birthright. The Spirit is a promise for every single person who trusts in Jesus Christ. When you confess your sins to God, when you say, you know what, God, you're holy, I am not. When you look to Jesus on the cross... You say, Jesus, I believe you died as a sacrifice for my sins. Do you know what God promises? Two things. He says, I will forgive your sin. I will wipe your slate clean. And then watch. I will fill you with my Holy Spirit. Because previously in God's eyes, you were dead. You were spiritually dead in your sin. But when you trust Jesus Christ, you have new life, what the Bible calls life by the Holy Spirit. And you start producing fruit. You have assurance of your salvation. There's this new animating energy or force in you. It's called the Holy Spirit that empowers you then to put to death your old nature and habits, and now you live for holiness in Christ. Why? Because watch, the most important thing, the Holy Spirit is the presence of Jesus Christ in you. After Jesus was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, he taught his disciples for how long? Does anybody know? 40 days about the kingdom of God and the Holy Spirit before he returned to his Father in heaven and he said this to his disciples it is for your good that I'm going away unless I go away the Spirit will not come to you but if I go I will what I will send him to you and you know what the disciples said no thanks (laughs) they didn't like the idea of the Holy Spirit at first why because it meant losing Jesus. For three years, they didn't wonder what God looked like. They looked at Jesus face to face. He talked to them. They were content with Jesus. So the Holy Spirit was threatening to them. But Jesus said, this is part of the Father's plan. If I stay on earth, here's the problem. I can only be with you. I can only be with Anne. I can only be with Ken. I can only be with Tara. I can only be with one person at a time, limited by time and space. But if I leave, watch, I will send my spirit to live inside every single Christian on the face of the earth from now to eternity. So it's going to be better for all y'all and my church. Because now Jesus can be anywhere his people are in New Jersey, in Japan, in Australia, Korea, Liberia, Nicaragua, wherever Christian followers are, there is Jesus. So understand this. The Holy Spirit is the literal presence of Christ on earth in your life. And he is at work everywhere. He is even in this room as I speak. He's going to animate my words today and convict your heart of their spiritual truth. So understand if you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit already inside of you. And that's important because I think some people think like, well, I lost the Spirit. That's how it worked in the Old Testament. Did you know that? The Holy Spirit might come on a person like King Saul, but then the Spirit would leave him. David sinned. He said, Lord, don't take your Spirit from me. But in the New Testament, God said, watch, I'm going to pour out my Spirit on all flesh men and women young and old and i will never take it from them i will never leave you or forsake you because the spirit now is in you not just on you can i ask you this question how does that make you feel Be- good oh, praise god good awesome chris amen I- I awesome you know why i asked that that's so true because some people i think feel threatened by the holy spirit like you know what I don't know about this. Am I going to end up shaking a tambourine, you know, or tongue-wagging wackos kind of thing? You know what? Watch, watch, watch. The disciples felt threatened by the Holy Spirit. Do you feel a little bit nervous that if you really opened your heart and stepped out of your box of tradition, that he might embarrass you, that he might ask you to actually change in some way? Don't make the mistake the disciples did. They didn't understand what they were missing out on. Jesus said, it is for your good I'm returning to the Father because together we're going to send the Spirit into you and I will be with you in here forever. In every breath you breathe. And John says, Jesus blew. Breathe on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And they were never the same because the day of Pentecost Came. John, I'm glad you're all safe. It's good to see you again, Stephen. Matthew. What form will it take? When will it come? Jesus said all we had to do is ask. I have been asking every day. The Holy Spirit will come when the time is right. I think we should pray together. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses. As, As we, we forgive, forgive those who not against us, and lead us not into temptation, temptation, but, but deliver, deliver us from evil. evil. We speak those languages. The Holy Spirit, he is with us. The Holy Spirit, he is with us and he is with you. And if you open your heart to him for 40 days, your life will never be the same. He he is the promise of your heavenly father to pour out the presence of Jesus into your life giving fresh joy, if you've been dry, giving you an uncommon boldness to speak and witness to who Christ is in your life. Acts chapter 2, guys, this is how our church started. And this is the prediction of the future of where the church is going, with firepower from on high. I'd like to read the word of God together. This is Acts chapter 2. We'll look at the first four verses here. It says, when the day of Pentecost came... They were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a... Let's read the words in orange together. Ready? A violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of what? Tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit And began to speak in other tongues or languages as the Spirit enabled them. Now stop there. Because in my Bible, this passage is labeled the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. You may ask, what's Pentecost? The word simply means 50. This was a feast that happened 50 days after the Passover. And it was like Thanksgiving. Jewish people went to Jerusalem to give thanks to God for the harvest. So this is 50 days after Passover. And watch. 10 days after Jesus left it says when Pentecost came they were all together in one room in one place now this was not just the 12 disciples there were about hundred and twenty followers of Christ at this point it was a ragtag bunch of men and women misfits on the fringe they were kind of scared they were confused and they were gathered together in the upper room now why were they in one room sitting there just as you are right now answer they were waiting For the Holy Spirit that was promised just like Jesus told them to do. Before he left, Jesus said, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. But I want you to stay in Jersey City until you have been clothed with, what's the word there? Power from on high. Say it again, power. These Christians weren't filled with power yet. Did they believe in Jesus? Yes. Did they have power? No. (laughs) Their Savior had been taken away. They were scared of persecution. And they had no clue what it meant to be clothed with power from on high. I think there's that kind of crisis in the, today's church. I think the more I speak with people, there seems to be an epidemic of powerless Christians in today's church. Honestly, you know, I, sometimes I wonder, can people outside the church see any difference with us? Because I talk to Christians who kind of just continue to struggle and limp through life, and maybe they struggle with the same sin week after week, day after day, year after year. There's no real victory or evidence of the power of Jesus. When they pray, their prayers are sort of anemic. It's a faith that's kind of just flat. But the truth is, the Holy Spirit is not a doctrine to believe. He's a power to receive. Amen? If you're willing to wait for the Father's promise... The spirit may not come all at once, but when he does, you won't forget it. Because when he comes, it's not just an event, it's an experience. Look at Acts 2. It's a multi-sensory experience. First, there was the blowing of a violent wind. Second, tongues of what? Tongues of fire separated and came to rest on each of them, not just on the pastor, On alls, y'all, okay? Wind, fire, there's sight, there's sound. They heard something, they saw something, and then they said something. It said all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other what? In other tongues. The word for that is languages as the Spirit enabled them. This was a supernatural gift. There's wind, there's fire, there's tongues, the Word of God is highlighting for you three powerful symbols here in Acts 2 to help us understand the Holy Spirit. And today, I want to focus on these first two, wind and fire. And then next Sunday, we're going to look at speaking in tongues. What does that mean? Because that's a controversial subject All its own. In this series, we're going to get to all the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about, you know, the gift of prophecy, of healing, of faith, of tongues, and say, how do we use these supernatural gifts in a natural way to deepen our faith in Christ? But today, I want to unpack these first two symbols, wind and fire, to help us understand who's the Holy Spirit uh, and what he does in my life, and how can he how can you experience his power in your life this fall? So just let's look at this. Let's focus first on wind because people will say, well, how is the Holy Spirit like wind? Think about wind. Can you see it? No. By definition, wind is a visible reality (laughs) or invisible reality with visible results. In other words, you can't see it, but you can tell when it's been there. Yes. How many of you remember Hurricane Sandy, right? 130 mile an hour winds whipped across New Jersey. You saw the results. You couldn't see it, but it whipped up the Atlantic Ocean. It tore the roofs off of homes. It flooded our entire coast. It paralyzed the East Coast for weeks. Acts 2 says, when the Holy Spirit first came on the church, it came like the blowing of a violent wind. I remember in our neighborhood, the tangible evidence I saw of the invisible power of the wind was in the forest behind our house. I took my dog for a walk. And there was this strip of trees in the woods that were literally sheared off at the trunk. Some of them were ripped up by the roots right straight out of concrete. But it actually looked like the hand of God reached down from heaven and just went, whoomp, like a bomb had gone off. They were snapped like toothpicks. And I later learned that wasn't the hurricane. It's what meteorologists call a microburst. It's what happens after a hurricane. It's basically, it's this downdraft That hits the ground and goes out for two miles, leveling everything in its path. A microburst of wind. Very dangerous if you're flying, by the way. It's invisible. But you walk through a forest, you see the results. It's an invisible reality with visible results. How many of you know when the Holy Spirit comes in a believer's life, he does some rearranging of things? You can't see him. But you can tell he's been there because some things in your life now start getting rearranged. Some things end up upside down. Strongholds get uprooted. Barriers are broken down. Bitterness and pride get sawed off at the roots. See, the Holy Spirit is like wind. You know what Jesus says? He says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Translation, you're less in control of your spirituality than you think. Some of you are like, well, I'm not really in." it. doesn't matter. <laughs> Jesus is like, the wind blows wherever he goes, and the Spirit can touch somebody and knock him down like a tree. I love when I see tangible evidence of the Spirit's power in people's lives. I want to share with you a cool story I got from somebody in England of all places. This is an email from Roger in the UK who listens to Liquid Church online. He wrote this. Dear Tim, my name is Roger. I live in York, England, and I would like to say thank you for your sermons on porn in the Bible, which I just finished listening to. It's like a blindfold has been taken off because I've been hooked on porn since I was 14 years old. I'm now 31, married with three kids, and my marriage was wrecked because of it. The culture you so vividly describe is sadly mirrored here in England. I stopped going to church three years ago. I was so hooked I watched porn every day on my phone if I couldn't get to the computer. In March last year, I had an affair with a girl at work, and my wife was crushed. I asked her forgiveness, but continued my habit. Now listen to this. On Tuesday the 29th, I went to download some erotic stories from iTunes and came across the Liquid Church podcast. I typed in the word sex, and up came your podcast about porn in the Bible. (laughs) The wind blows wherever it does, even on iTunes, praise Jesus. I download and listen to it. Praise God, I have not looked at porn since the 29th, which is amazing. I feel like a new creation and finally ready to be free. If only I had heard God's truth sooner. I sacrificed my 16-year marriage and family on the altar of porn. I'm now rebuilding, still battling the elephant, but your messages have helped me move in for the kill. Thank you, brother Roger. Can we hear it for Roger? That's the Holy Spirit working in you, Roger, and you responded to him. I love that. Somebody in England went to iTunes looking for porn and found Jesus, all right? The Holy Spirit redeems technology. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. He blows wherever he will, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There's freedom, There's forgiveness, there's redemption, there's a fresh start. So blessings on you, Roger. That's evidence of the Holy Spirit in Roger's life. Some people ask me a question. They say, well, Tim, how do I know if I'm filled with the Spirit? How do I know if the Spirit's working in my life? I would answer, what is he rearranging currently? (laughs) What is being turned upside down in your world? Have there been recent changes? Because when the Spirit blows, he knocks things over. Status quo is no longer an option. There are results of his unseen power. Addictions get uprooted. Demonic influences are swept clean and relationships begin to heal. Understand something. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't get more of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gets more of you. Amen? Amen. God's Spirit blows on your life and you are never the same. The Spirit is wind and the Spirit is fire. Say fire. Whoa, oh, I like that. Now I'm preaching. Acts 2, verse 3. They saw what seemed to be tongues of Fire that separated and came to rest on them. As you know, fire has a lot of uses, right? Fire gives heat, fire gives light, it gives warmth. Listen to me. If wind is about power, fire is about purity. Before God will fill you with his power, he needs you to be pure. Listen to me. Fire is mainly used in the Bible to refine. It burns impurities out of metals, and that's what the Spirit will do in your life. He is a flame of love who convicts us of sin. That's what happened in Roger. The guy's looking for erotica on iTunes. Here's the word of God. And he says, oh my goodness, I am a slave. I need Christ. I need to be set free. Holy Spirit, come in me. Jesus said this in John chapter 16. When the Spirit comes, he will what? Convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. That's the number one thing the Holy Spirit does. Since God is holy and we are not, the Spirit makes us aware of the gap between us and God. And we say, I'm dead in my sin. I'm going to hell. Help me. And He says, Jesus died for you on the cross. His blood was for you. He will cleanse you, and you now will have a new life by the power of the Spirit. So, in other words, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. He's the voice in your head, that's not just your voice. He's the voice of the conscience that says, you know what? I'm glad you brought your girlfriend with you to church today, but you need to stop sleeping together. I know you're angry and you wrote that email and you are so right, but I don't want you to hit send. <laughs> I'm glad that you loved singing that worship song, but I heard you gossiping about your friend over the weekend and it's backbiting it's slander and it's grieving me and I'm a Holy Spirit and you can't have praise and poison coming out of both sides of your mouth. It grieves God. So only the Spirit can show us our desperate need for the gospel, that there's a judgment to come. But Jesus takes our judgment on the cross. He suffers in his flesh so we can be free and forgiven by God. So if you're here today, maybe you feel convicted by something in your life. Maybe you just feel convicted by how anemic your faith is. But God is drawing you. He's convicting you right now. I haven't even mentioned what it is. But by the power of the, that's the Holy Spirit in you. A man or woman can't feel convicted of these things on her own. It takes fire, the flame of the Holy Spirit, to turn up the heat. Do you know what? That's why I did the Elephant series before the series on firepower. Because over the summer, God said to me, Tim, I want you to preach about purity before you preach about power. Because purity and power go hand in hand. One is a prerequisite for the other. Fire purifies. It cleanses. The Bible talks about refiner's fire, where you put gold or silver in a furnace and it heats up. And you know what comes to the top? All the crap, all the dirt, the dross, all the impurities go to the surface and they get burned up. I can tell you today that some of you I know are in heated situations in your life right now, aren't you? Let me tell you something. It's not because God is punishing you. It's not because he is abandoning you. You are in a heated situation It's because he's purifying you. He's saying, I'm not going to leave you the way that you are muddling along. I'm going to bring this up again and again, and I'm going to forge the commitment of the character of Christ in you. So don't fear the flame. If you are feeling the heat today, let the Spirit draw you to God. Let Him bend you and mold your character so you can become all that God has for you over the next 40 days. I honestly believe at the end of these 40 days, some of you, you're going to actually experience victory over sins and habits you have struggled with for decades. You're like, I can't do it, man. My willpower is too weak. Correct. But firepower is not. Some of you are going to get cleansed of a critical spirit or a toxic tongue. That's your whole thing. That's who you are. But God is going to convict you of that, and he's going to break that free. He's going to purify impure thoughts. He's going to, I don't care what your addiction is, whether it's pills or alcohol or tobacco, gambling. When the Holy Spirit starts to burn in you, he will burn the hell out of you. Amen? So he can get you to where God wants you to be. And God said to him, I want to cleanse lives and relationships in this church. I want to burn away the junk before I can use these people in a supernatural way. So don't be surprised if over the next few weeks, God spotlights some things you didn't plan on because that's the spirit who will convict. If your heart is hard today towards someone in your family, your spouse or your kids, the spirit's fire can melt that heart and give you a tenderness and a compassion for difficult people. So don't fear the flame. Don't quench the spirit. He convicts, but watch. He also comforts. He comforts. Can you say comfort? Comfort. Jesus called him this in John 14. He said, the spirit is the comforter whom the Father will send in my name. Now, what does it mean to comfort somebody? If you know somebody's hurting or they're grieving or they're just scared or they're lonely, what do you do, right? My kids are upset. I come alongside and I comfort them. I put my arm around them. I say, it's okay. It's okay. I'm with you, daddy is here. And you love him and you tell him they're not alone. Do you know that is the the number two role really in scripture of the Holy Spirit. He is a comforter for people who are afraid, who are wracked by anxiety or fear or could feel completely alone. Maybe you're going through something in your life. I talked to a woman uh, at one of our campuses who went through a double mastectomy over the summer. And she said, Tim, when I got that diagnosis, it knocked the wind out of me, wind. But you know what we did? I was pretty nominal Christian. We started reading scripture every day and it became a lifeline to us. God gave us literal verses that we were like, that's exactly what we were facing that day when we went in to see the surgeon. And I just felt this overwhelming peace. And I couldn't even explain it to you. I'm like, is it almost like a peace that passes understanding? (laughs) Yes, that's the Holy Spirit. I don't know where you will need that in the next 40 days. You may be here today and you're like, that's me right now. I'm going through something in my family that is a very upsetting. I, t- I prayed with people who are going through marriage struggles at the last service. We have people all over the physical spectrum who need healing. But you know what? You can see it on people. I went to a funeral a couple of weeks ago for a pastor friend of mine whose son died. He was in his 20s, struggled with mental illness, OCD, bipolar, and he died. What do you say to somebody when their child dies? And so I just waited in line and I looked at him, standing there with his wife. He's thanking everybody for coming. And when I got up to him, I said, you know, there's no words. I said, I'm so, how are you doing? And he had this look on him. He said, actually, we're shattered. Our heart is broken. Life will never be the same. But the Holy Spirit is actually getting us through this. He is giving us comfort and peace in a way. And then he started crying. It doesn't mean you don't cry, but all of a sudden your pain has purpose. So you may be here today and you may have lost something this year that was precious to you. Maybe it is a loved one. Or a friend or a family member. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you lost your marriage. And you wonder if life will ever be the same. I'm going to be honest with you. It won't be the same. But it will go on. And the Holy Spirit can pour out the comfort of God into your life. Recalling the Father's love that he is holding you right now closer than ever before. And he will wrap you in his peace. And he says, I will restore your joy. I just got this sense. Some of you need to hear that. The Bible says, weeping may endure for a night, but what comes in the morning? Joy comes in the morning. God is going to heal some of your broken hearts and he's going to restore some of your joy. I just got that, wow, wave of that. The spirit reminds us you're not alone. The father is with you and Jesus is with you. And over the next 40 days, he may begin writing a brand new chapter in your life. Amen. You may be like, man, that's a closed book for me. He's writing a new chapter. The Holy Spirit is fire. He convicts. The Holy Spirit warms our heart. And lastly, He illuminates our path. He counsels us. Fire also is good for giving light, and you can see where you're going. And the Holy Spirit is called the counselor for good reason. You know what a gifted counselor does? I've done counseling for my marriage, so helpful with a biblical counselor. A good counselor will give you crucial direction at crossroads moment in your life. When your life turns cloudy or you're not sure which way to go, he points you to Christ and says, this is the truth of God's word. And bing, the light bulb goes on and you see it. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the counselor. In other words, the voice of God that directs you which way you should go at critical junctures. Here's what I know over the next 40 days. I don't know exactly what it is. But some of you, just because of life, you're going to come to a crossroads decision. For some of you, it may be who to marry. Do you ask her to marry you or do you break up? Where to go to school? You may be asking the question, do we start a family now? Do I put my kid on medication or not? Some of these issues, you, I know how we address these issues. You will do a lot of reading You will talk to professionals and experts, but I guarantee you this. At the end of the day, you will never be 100% sure that you're making the right choice. Do you take the promotion or do you actually change careers and and seek a new direction? Do you make the move or does your family stay put and put down roots? It is at those crossroad moments, defining moments in your life, that the Holy Spirit will counsel you. He will guide you. He will reveal and say, this is God's will and I'm gonna give you the power to walk in it. Fire gives heat and fire gives light. Illumination, revelation. Jesus says the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send to you in my name, he's gonna teach you all things and he'll remind you of everything I've said to you. In moments of decision, The Spirit whispers in your ear, and He says, I want you to go that way. I want you to forgive that person. He reminds you of the words of Jesus. The Holy Spirit actually authored the Bible. That's how He has a good memory for it, okay? And He'll whisper God's Word in your ear, and He'll call to mind at crucial moments that you have no idea how it will define the rest of your life. He did for me. I remember when I was in high school, my senior year deciding where to go to college, And I had a few scholarships to, like, local colleges uh, in, you know, New Jersey. And that made a lot of sense financially, okay? And I distinctly remember um, waking up one morning with this overwhelming sense, Tim, you need to go to Wheaton College, which was surprising to me because it was out by Chicago. It was a small, you know, Christian school. And I had visited there. I was impressed by the academics. But I'll be honest, I just didn't want to be involved in Chicago winter, you know? So it kind of wasn't on my, my list there. But I had this overwhelming sense. It wasn't an audible voice, but I literally woke up being like, I need to go to Wheaton College. And I walked downstairs. And my parents were having breakfast. and I was like, guys, and they're like, so any, you know, any, any thoughts? And I was just like, I think I'm supposed to go to Wheaton. And they put down their knife and fork because there's no financial aid, you know? <laughs> and yeah. And they're like, are you sure you heard from God on this? You know? And I'll never forget my dad. My dad's working class. And he was like, Son. If the Holy Spirit told you to do that, we're going to make it work. And you're going to go there. And I remember signing my commitment letter to go to Wheaton College. And that's when I learned that you have to take all these Bible courses. And I was like, oh, no, I don't want any Bible courses. All these theology. And I literally said, what in the world am I going to do with all this Bible and theology stuff? I'm never going to use that. Yeah. That's what I said, and I look back on that now, and I say, thank you, Jesus, that you sent the Holy Spirit to speak to me, because I might have missed the calling of my life. You can miss the purpose of your life without the Spirit's guidance. I want to give a verse today to somebody here. I don't know who you are. God gave this to me this morning. I was going over my notes in Dunkin' Donuts, and boom, this popped out. It's not in my notes, but he's like, share this. This is Isaiah 30, verse 21. It's a beautiful one. Just close your eyes. Listen to this. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Now walk in it. God is going to direct some of your paths. You're going to come to this this wishbone moment and say, do I go right or do I left? And you're going to be like, I don't know for sure. And the Holy Spirit can counsel you and it will change your life. I wonder what God will illuminate to you over 40 days of firepower. The reason we chose 40 days is that 40 is a significant number in Scripture. After Jesus was baptized, he was led by the Spirit into the desert for 40 days of testing. And after he came out, it said he was full of joy in the Holy Spirit and he began a ministry that changed the world. I'm asking God for firepower in my life. I'm asking it for your life. I'm asking for the life of our church that we won't be the same. Where do you need firepower the most today? What would it be? Just look at these. Do you need a burning conviction to live, put away old habits and live with purity? Or do you just need like you're here today and you're like, man, I need comfort, Tim. I need to be overwhelmed with the Father's love and approval. It needs to get down from my head into my heart. Or maybe you need the Spirit's counsel. You are at that crossroads moment and you need divide guidance. Which direction do I go? And I have a choice to make, Tim, I have to hear God's voice. I don't know your circumstances, but I know this. God has promised to pour out his spirit on those who are hungry for him. Scripture says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for what will happen. They will be filled. So here's your ticket. If you are hungry, if you are ready for the journey, check the box. And tomorrow I'm going to have a daily devotional in your inbox at 6 a.m. Then I'm going to text you at noon another verse of the Holy Spirit. Sign up for a life group. And finally, by the way, you see that we're hosting baptisms this fall. This is a great way to activate the Spirit in your life. I'll talk more about the baptism in the Holy Spirit next week. But if you are in, if you want to join this journey, I'm going to invite our ushers at all of our campuses to come forward with the popcorn bucket. Just drop this in. Just drop it in and we'll send that out to you, okay? You can do that right now. I'm going to pray for us and then I'm going to actually ask us to stand. But as I pass the buckets, would you bow your heads? Father, I thank you for Jesus. Jesus, thank you for the Holy Spirit. You are on a mission from God to set a fire, Christians, Father God, that we would not have a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of self-control. So come, Holy Spirit, now. Do your work at all of our campuses. We're clearing time to worship you. We're going to lift up your name. We're calling you out